I suppose if this were a proper book, I'd begin it something like Miss Lydia Bennet, youngest of five daughters to a father hopelessly entailed, had few advantages in life, but not too few to squander. That sounds fine and important and promises that no matter how exciting the story may become, it will all resolve with a tidy, boring moral at the end. That is why Kitty and I prefer to skip the last chapter of novels. However, that bit about squandering isn't true. Oh, I dare say many in Meryton would whisper that I had indeed squandered all my advantages of birth and position. And that much is true. And Lord knows I have shed many a tear over it. However, I was born with greater gifts than one silly girl can use up in a lifetime. Kitty is proof enough of that. For another thing, I am not the youngest of five daughters. I am the youngest of seven. Those who know me in Meryton would frown over this and perhaps discreetly count on their fingers. As far as the public remembers, we Bennet sisters number but five. There is beautiful Jane, the eldest, Lizzie, second in beauty and first in her own mind, dull, moralising Mary, so mortified by her own lack of beauty that she was doomed to become clever, my darling Kitty and me, Lydia, the baby. This count is wrong in two respects. Firstly, three of my elder sisters died shortly after birth. No doubt the world scarcely remembers them. For unless Mama wanted something from my father and wished to remind him of all she had gone through on his behalf, Charlotte, Anne and Sophia were rarely spoken of in our household. Quite right, too. Deceased progeny are hardly a jolly topic of conversation, I think. Nevertheless, this makes me, Lydia, the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter. Strange is it not that being born so late and a girl should be a source of both my misfortune and my strength? Those readers diligently counting Miss Bennets will have noted that the count is still off by one. Five living girls and three dead ones bring the total to eight, not seven. Is all this arithmetic making your headache? It is mine. Perhaps I'd better begin again. It is a truth universally acknowledged that the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter must be a witch. My earliest memories are of my sister's backs. I remember toddling along after them, calling for them to wait. Jane was always kind, and Lizzie only slapped me if I tangled her embroidery. But Mary loathed me. She'd begin to cry and whine to our mother the moment I came near. Mama, Lydia pulled my hair. She stained my dress. Take her away, Mama. Quite often, I did pull her hair and stain her dress, but I was only trying to get close to her. I adored her, and yanking on one of her long, neat plaits was one of the most reliable ways to get her attention. I thought of nothing but attracting attention in those days. In our large family circle, I was often forgotten. They do not remember it so, of course. In a large family, every child is sure that they alone were uniquely neglected. Lizzie says I was Mama's favourite from birth, which is quite possible. But Mama was often abed with her nerves, or another failed attempt to produce an heir. And quite often, no one was looking after me at all. Once my mother, after bringing me on a morning visit to show me off to Lady Lucas, forgot me in the carriage, and no one found me until tea time. Another time, I fell in a stream that ran through the garden, and despite my cries, no one came. 
It was one of my father's tenants who fished me out, and that, I believe, because he heard my cries and thought me one of his lambs. Jackson brought me into the house, dripping and sobbing, and then the house was set in as much of an uproar as I could wish. I spent the evening on my mother's lap, being squeezed and kissed and lamented over, while my sisters petted and caressed me and brought me sweets and bits of ribbon. The next day, I threw myself in the creek again. Well, what did they expect? A good thing witches float. <laughs>